Welcome to Live Long and Dad. It is a Friday night at 11 p.m. It's, I think, December 9th that I'm recording this. I'm going to sit on it for a few days because I've dropped two pretty heavy podcasts in the last week. So I get a message from James's teacher today that um, he was trying to spell a bad word. And then another boy in the class spelled that same word and told the teacher that James told him to write it. And that word was N-I-G-G-A. Now, I don't listen to rap music. Nobody in our family does. So he didn't hear that word from there. We are very strict with what he media he takes in. He watches kid-appropriate shows. And with us, he'll we watched Independence Day uh, last week. There's no N-bombs in that. There was two S-bombs, but he's heard S-bombs before. His uh, buddy who's a third grader dropped one. Uh, on the last play date, um, and he's never said it. So, you know, I've, when we've run across that in a movie we're watching, I, we just say, you know, that's a word that you should not repeat, bud. And so this was very distressing. Like, especially go back to January, February, he was having issues with the only black girl in the class and didn't like her because her skin was different and you know it's age appropriate for a kid that age to start noticing differences and being curious about it I distinctly remember being in early elementary school and I had a African American buddy named Gary and uh, I was fascinated that his palms were lighter color than the back of his hand and his arms and I I remember hanging out at the park and like touching his hands and being asking questions so it's and James just didn't know how to verbalize that so this is at uh noon so now I'm distracted from work and uh stressed out and but I realized that he did not get this from home. He got it from school. Some crappy second grader's been saying it, probably because either their parents let them watch YouTube unsupervised, uh, or they let them watch streamers doing video games, or they have older brothers that listen to rap music, or maybe the parents listen to rap music on the way to school. Who knows? Um, and so when James gets home... He's super nervous, and uh, but I, I, you know, I tell him, buddy, I'm not mad at you. You don't know what that word means, so I'm not holding you responsible. Once I explain what that word means, if you do it again, I will be upset, but right now I'm not. You heard that word, and you repeated it, and you don't know what it means. So what word were you writing? And he tried to lie. He said, hell. I'm like, that's not what the teacher said, bud. What N-word did you write? And he said, N-I-G-G. Okay. 
and asked him if he told the other boy to write it. And James said no, which the teacher confirmed was a lie. Um, the helper uh, saw him do it. But I asked James where he heard it from, from that other boy. I said, okay, how, how was he using it? He was singing a song. Okay. When was he singing a song? When we were going up the stairs. Okay, that makes sense. That would be easy for a teacher not to notice that during a time of physical transition. Okay. And then I, I kind of left it there. I will, Heidi and I will both have a talk with you later. And so later on that night, we said, okay, what other bad words have you been saying? And the teacher had sent me a more detailed message, and she said, James admitted to saying the F word. And when the teacher asked him to spell it, he said F-U-T. And she told James that's not a bad word. So we asked him about that, and he said, yeah, F-U-T. And we said, well, what does that mean? He's like, I don't know. Okay, where'd you hear it? From that other boy. How does he use it? And James gave an example. The other boy says, what the fut? F-U-T. What the fut? Maybe this kid has a speech impediment. I don't know. But, I mean, if you exclaim, what the fut? That people are going to assume you mean the F word. So, uh, that's a hard stop. <laughs> James, don't do that anymore. That is a bad word. And then we explained how the S word is an impolite word. It's a bad word, but it's not. It, it, it's descriptive of a thing. It's another word for, I didn't tell him it was another word for poop, but I'm like, you know, it, it's impolite to say it, but the N word is hateful. And it, we really didn't want to get into specifics with him because he's seven but Heidi said, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a word that was used to put down whole groups of people. And yeah, I just kind of tried to hammer home that it's a hateful word. Um, saying S-H-I-T is impolite, but the N-word is a hateful word, and we don't say it. And he seemed to understand, and because he was being a good listener and he wasn't squirming and any of that stuff end of conversation, you know, and I, I re positively reinforce that. I'm like, this took five minutes and now we can move on with our night because you were a good listener and you were honest. So I feel better about it tonight. And the teacher acknowledged that she knows it's coming from school. It's not a reflection on our family. So she doesn't think I'm raising a racist. That's nice. Um, but still stressful. And now this boy, other boy, he's the one that is constantly taking attention away from James's helpers. He's the other special kid in the class. And uh, so great, he's teaching James the N-word and the F-word. Swell. So that is the latest update. And this weekend is going to be super busy. We've got... Trail Fest, which is the fundraiser for James's horse riding physical therapy in the morning. He gets to ride a horse through some beautiful hills, mountains near the coast. And um, 
We're going to take the babies and let them see horses. Hopefully they aren't obnoxious. And then Saturday night, he has his Cub Scouts Christmas party. We're going to take the babies to that too. Sunday morning, uh, Heidi's going out to breakfast with a friend. And I am going to go work at the Neighborhood Council-sponsored toy and food drive. And miss the Steeler game. And then Sunday night, we're going to a friend of my dad's birthday so jam-packed and eSight is taking me to Vegas. Heidi and I are going to go for January 2nd, 3rd and come back the 4th and that's pretty exciting. Um, be nice to have company. So that is that and uh, next I'm going to continue my little series of discussing Metallica albums. We've talked about the first two and next up is arguably their best album, and it's called Master of Puppets. And I'm going to just uh, reflect on it and point out my favorite parts, and maybe there's a song on there you haven't heard before that will inspire you to go check out. So stick around. All right, thanks for sticking around. So Master of Puppets, Cliff Burton's last record with the band before he was tragically killed in a bus crash. Um, it was made in 1986, I believe, and it's each album has just progressed so much with the musicality, and James is getting more mature with his lyrics, and it just all comes to a head here. Uh, so the title or the first track is Battery, and it starts off with this beautiful acoustic guitar intro. Freaking beautiful. And the Calm Before the Storm battery is definitely a thrash metal song. And uh, it's got a really cool middle part, which they don't play live. I don't know why. Maybe just trying to keep the set list down. Uh, you know, cutting 30 seconds from random songs. But I think it's got a great groove. And this is the middle of battery. I, I think that's really cool. I like that groove. Um, it's too bad they cut that out. So, Battery, uh, strong, kick-ass song. Number two is the title track, Master of Puppets. And this is definitely top three Metallica songs. I've always said I can't pick my favorite Metallica song. It varies. But this is a masterpiece. Um... It's it takes you on a roller coaster. It has a beautiful middle uh, interlude, and it, the lyrics are phenomenal. Um, Anti-drug song, you know how. Uh, but the nice thing about Metallica songs is 
all so many of the lyrics can be applied you know the master of puppets it's whatever's pulling your strings um but james wrote it about drugs and uh it's a perfect song i i love it so much um master of puppets i'm pulling your strings twisting your mind and smashing your dreams blinded by me you can't see a thing just call my name and i'll hear you scream (laughs) and uh come crawling faster obey your master (laughs) uh but here let me play you the interlude and this is my this is my favorite piece of music in metallica and uh through the it just right there in the middle of this thrashy masterpiece. So this is the middle of Master of Puppets. And it's got harmony guitars. So Kirk and James are both playing the same thing at different... That's beautiful. And coming up, Kirk's gonna go to the rhythm. And this is a James Hetfield solo, normally Kirk solos. awesome so master of puppets phenomenal um next up is the thing that should not be and this is one of the heaviest songs ever it's a song about lovecraftian uh monster but it's super duper heavy and uh it's a fun one number four continues the new tradition of being a ballad and that's welcome home sanitarium um, I, I like it a lot. It's not uh, up there with Fade to Black or Unforgiven or One, but it's strong. It's One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, the song, and uh, the final, um, it's not really a chorus. because It goes verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and then fast. And uh, the fast part's pretty awesome, but uh, a strong song. Uh, next up is oh, one last thought on Master of Puppets going back. So there's a part of Master of Puppets um, where he goes, Master, Master, where are those dreams that I've been after? Master, Master, promised only lies. Laughter, laughter, all I hear or say is laughter. All I hear or see is laughter. Laughing at my cries. Fix me. That's what the album says. And so at some point and during live shows, he started saying something else and I never knew what it said. And until, uh, I saw a YouTube interview with a guy who used to hang out with them in the eighties. And one night he asked Cliff, Hey, what is it? James says after, uh, all I hear laughing at my cries and Cliff goes, uh, pancakes. So I think that story got back to James. And uh, 
because I, I think back then he was saying fix me or just maybe just screaming. And so now when James <laughs> does this song live, That's right. He just said pancakes go. <laughs> uh, I think that's hilarious. And I, I never knew what he was saying. And he's saying pancakes go. And it's an inside joke from 35 years ago. Funny. Um, so after sanitarium is um, disposable heroes. And this is one of my favorite songs. Uh anti-war song about how soldiers are disposable heroes and it's just the lyrics are phenomenal let's see if i can remember them off the top of my head if i was a professional podcaster i have them right in front of me but i don't bodies fill the fields i see hungry heroes end no one to play soldier now no one to pretend running blind through killing fields bread to kill them all um, servant till I fall. Something, something, servant till I fall. Um, back to the front. You will do what I say when I say back to the front. You will die when I say back to the front. Barking of machine gun fire does nothing to me now. Sounding of the clock that ticks, get used to it somehow. More a man, more stripes you wear. Glory seekers trends. Bodies fill this. Bodies fill the fields. I see the slaughter never ends. And then the final verse is: Life planned out before my birth. Nothing good I see. No, life planned out before my birth. Nothing good I see. Mm, can't remember it off the top of my head, but great. And continues the momentum of anti-war from for whom the bell tolls. After that is Orion, the second, uh, third Metallica instrumental, and their best, without question. This is a masterpiece also, and uh, it um, features Cliff Burton on bass, and it's got an outstanding groove. It's catchy, and has a pretty melodic kind of uh, here's the main riff and do yourself a favor go onto YouTube and look up Orion bass only and just listen to how good cliff was because even here it's mixed down in the final product and you gotta really hear it isolated you can do bass and drums isolated now this is a bass that's a bass Crazy that a bass makes that noise. I 
when Cliff got the job, Metallica was scouting him out, and um, they see him on stage like, Ooh, man, that guitar player is crazy. Now, here's the uh, melodic middle part. I think it's pretty melancholy. Oh, that's phenomenal. So, uh, Orion, if you haven't heard that before, go listen to it. Uh, listen to it bass only. Listen to the whole thing. It is another masterpiece. And then the album closes out with Damage Incorporated, another strong thrash song. There, oh, I missed Leper Messiah. How dare I? Leper Messiah is in there, but I think before uh, Orion... And uh, that is a song about, uh, you know, the uh, Jerry Falwell type, the um, televangelist. And um, it, a strong song. There's not a, there's no song on this album below a 8 out of 10. And uh, uh, Damage Inc., super thrash, cool bass intro, and about the band kicking ass and taking names. And, um, so if you haven't heard any of these master of puppets and Orion are the absolute standouts that you must check out and, uh, uh, anything off that album, it's really cool checking out the isolated bass tracks because cliff was something special. So that is master of puppets. And, uh, next up is, and Justice for All. And that's uh, Jason's first album, Post Cliff's Death. And uh, uh, it's also got some really, really good stuff on it. So, see you next time. <laughs>